Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, well, I don't think this is an emergency podcast. Uh, by any means, but uh, myself and Stephen are back with you for a couple of minutes here, and we are discussing, Stephen, the acquisition and the recent trade swung by Peter Bendix uh, in the Miami Marlins with the Oakland Athletics that has now seen Jonah Bride um, become a Miami Marlin, essentially in exchange for Jordan Groshans, who has sure. been designated um, for assignment. So I, I, I guess real quick to backtrack a little bit, Groshans DFA, 24-year-old out of Texas. Marlins acquired him in 2022 in August. Anthony Bass, Zach Pop going the other way. We did see him a small cup of coffee in 2022 for 17 games. Hit 262, 308. Last season, did not see time in the big leagues. Played first, played third. Did okay at the AAA level. And the Marlins obviously um, suspect here that, 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 that they have – um, more in the way of depth by acquiring Jonah Bride, who had recently uh, been designated for assignment by the Oakland Athletics. And I'll, I'll let you talk here in a second. But I, 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 yeah, I yeah. just um, when I, when I had texted you the other night, and we were we were chatting about it a little bit. And again, we're going to try to do some of this stuff with the fans for the fans and for our listeners whenever moves are made. But whenever a move is made that impacts the 40 man roster. In my opinion, it's significant. Yes, there is some significance to it, and it can't just be brushed aside because this is not a Tim Anderson, a JD Martinez, and a Med Rosario who people obviously are looking at, and understandably so because they're, the Marlins still have um, what many perceive as needs, and the offseason is not over, and this could carry into spring training, and we'll see what moves they make. Um, but the floor is yours, and I guess we'll kind of we'll talk about this. And the reason we're doing this, by the way, is because Jonah Bride is going to join us here in a couple of yes. minutes. Uh, we have an opportunity to chat with him. But I, I and I, I can expound on this in a little bit. But I just feel, Stephen, as if there's some significance to making 40 man roster moves. Yes, especially when you trade for one that you automatically put on your 40 man roster. I mean, I know the name doesn't sound too familiar maybe the emergency podcast the criteria we were thinking were you know like you said a tim anderson but it's still significant enough to jump on here where you have a chance to talk to him uh in a couple of minutes here look this is we kind of chatted about this a couple of days ago when we were debating on whether we wanted to do this or not this sort of feels again very raised like you're going to start to see the trails left behind from peter bendix this is a move that uh no one's gonna post a story and and it's going to be a big deal but this is a guy 28 years old and if you just look at the baseball reference if you just look at the numbers you're going to roll your eyes and we're going to come off as homers and i promise you we're not because if you look at the in-depth numbers and i know you have a ton on it kyle um last season no hitter minimum 50 plate appearances had a wider gap between their actual and expected on base average that is significant. And that is something where you look at that season or the season before and say, all right, maybe it just wasn't going his way. And you have to believe in baseball that that stuff evens out. We saw it with the Marlins this year. They were 
13, 14 games over 500. We talked to Skip, and Skip was like, look, we knew eventually that was going to even out. You got to hope in some way the baseball universe is going to reward someone like Jonah Bride in 2024. Yes, and, and to your point, the surface numbers are not good on Bride, and I'm looking forward to asking him about what he thinks about the following. He has 250 at-bats in the big leagues. He has a homer. He has 48 hits. He's a 192 hitter in the big leagues with a 296 OBP. Played 40 games for the Athletics last year. Again, very similar to Jordan Groshans. He primarily only played first and third last year, similar to Groshans. He has the ability. He played 32 games at second base back in 2022. Um, what I did find interesting and what I started to dig on in on a little bit here, Athletics Nation, uh, SB Nation, the blog yeah, for yeah, the Athletics, yeah. Yep. put out a very good off-season article on Jonah Bride, who has one option remaining. So that does not necessarily mean the Marlins have to carry him into the regular season. He does have one option left, um, and I'll get to that in, in a moment. But the, the the article flat out says his underlying numbers painted a very different story. His weighted on-base average sat of the measly 237. Okay, so we're starting to dig into some analytics here, and I don't want to pretend as if I know everything that I'm talking about here. I simply just read the article, and I tried to understand this stuff the best I could. StatCast estimated that he was a much better hitter, ranking him fifth on the team in expected weighted OBA at 323, yep. right behind only Brent Rooker, Ryan Noda, Zach Geloff, and Seth Brown. Some very good players, some very good big leaguers. And again, I know the perception is probably not great with the athletics because they really struggled. Um, now, another thing, again, this is this is analytics, and you can read into it as much as you'd like. Um, he also seemed to run into a lot of bad luck uh, carrying a BABIP. This is something that people find to be very important in the game. It refers to batting average on balls in play of only 221. Um, he hit the ball very hard when he was making contact. I say all of that to say the following, and we've discussed this. The Marlins are in desperate need at true depth below mm -hmm. the major league level. Yep. Okay. Whether that's starting pitching, you're going to need 10 to 12 of them a year, whether it is truly sustainable depth, a la a Jonathan Davis, who's back on a minor league deal with an invite to big league camp. Uh, was uh, sorry to see Garrett Hampson get away. He signed a big league deal, but that is true depth. Now, Hampson has parlayed this into a big league deal with the Royals, and good for him. Um, he was very good. But if the Marlins want to get to where they want to go, when somebody falls at the major league level, and it will happen, I promise you the 26 guys that everybody thinks on the first day of spring training, they're going to break camp. They probably won't because somebody's going to get hurt. Yep. It happens. You have to have depth. The underlying numbers on Jonah Bride would suggest not only can he play multiple positions, that he is a better offensive player than he has shown in the big leagues. That, 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 that is to me worth taking a flyer on. And again, he has an option. So that suggests that you could option him out of spring training to AAA. Remember the new rules in effect a couple of years ago, maybe starting last year, you can only option somebody or recall them and send them down five separate times before right. they have to be DFA'd. Okay. But this this is a guy you're going to see in Miami this year. And again, back to where we started this little podcast. When you are making 40-man roster moves, there are reasons for that. There's a difference between making a 40-man roster move and a trade with a team as opposed to an invite to Major League Camp and a minor league deal. Okay, yep. this is somebody that within reason, um, I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say they think very highly of. But, but, but sure, you could you could but say they that. They think right? of him enough as a forty-man guy that they're going to trade for. Look, I, I think both of these guys sort of needed a change of scenery. If we're going to look at it at the glass half full, 
that's how I'm looking at it. For Groshans, you know, he obviously had a disappointing last year, didn't get up here. Um, he needed a change of scenery. A guy like Jonah Bride, maybe he needs a change of scenery. But every team needs some depth, and this is what he will provide for the Marlins. And, you know, again, like we talked about the analytical part of this. Um, let's see what he does with this staff that has had so much success, a hitting staff that has so much success. Let's see if the change of scenery yep. does something for him. And um, again, I'm excited to kind of pick his brain because it's not like the guy's not capable, Kyle. Like his numbers in Las Vegas in the PCL, 305, 13 home runs, 54 RBIs right. last year. He seemingly has nothing left to prove at the AAA level. Now, right. I, I do caution right. people, the PCL is notorious for being a launching pad. That is an offensive league. Um, who were we just chatting with um, during FanFest? Oh, uh, Ryan Weathers, when he was Ryan like, Weathers, I, I yeah. got out of the PCL. Like, it, It's very tough. It's very tough to pitch in that league, and there's a lot of guys that have a lot of offensive success. But he seemingly has nothing left to prove at that level. And now the question is, can he put it together at the major league level? I thought you hit on something very important that we have hit on all offseason long. Not peddling an agenda here, but this is a raised move. This is, to me, there's been a couple of this offseason. There's probably more, but the first, now two guys come to mind. Jonah Bride and Trey Mancini. Okay, mm. those are perfect, like, bounce-back candidates for a team that's not going to have an, an, an absorbent payroll that stretches to $400 million. These, in particular, Trey Mancini, it wasn't that long ago that he was bashing balls out of the ballpark for the Orioles, and he was an all-star, obviously had the cancer yep. situation. But you, you, when you start to stockpile these type of players, you'll get one or two a year that maybe they don't, they don't have career years, but serious bounce back years. Like Hampson last year. 100%, where they are good big leaguers, and they make an impact on your team. The Marlins do not, and let me be clear, they do not have enough of those guys. And you will continue to see moves that may be unimpressive to some, but it will only help this organization moving forward in terms of depth, right? I, I'm sure for many, Trey Mancini may not have moved the needle, right? Because the immediate thing is, I'm going to go to baseball reference and see how he did last year. That's everybody's oh, he's washed up. reaction. Yep. He stinks. Yep. He can't do it anymore. Jonah Bride, this guy's never put it together in the big leagues. Just a word of caution, folks. I promise you these people in baseball operations are smarter than all of us. And they yep. know what they're doing. That does not mean they're going to get it right all the time, but they have a plan. And, dude, if you want the Marlins to win, these are the types of moves that you have to look at. And when I say that, I think – because we were both fans before this, Kyle, and I think it's so easy if you're just a Marlins fan to be like, why? Oh, my God, no. But if you are actually a fan of the, the team, you have to – understand that everything starts from the bottom you got to build a foundation we talked about this yep. and instead of look the marlins are set as far as like first base second base maybe yep. not shortstop as far as nobody made, but third base like they've got a good team now it's about like okay a guy like jonah bride let him go work in the minors you know uh, these different players but you got to build that foundation to have sustained success right. and that's what peter has basically tried to echo this entire off season so even if they don't go out and get a big splash like tim anderson i know we both have been kind of waiting for something everybody has that's it's, okay everyone has but it's okay to have moves like this because it fortifies 
your minor league system and you just have to, it's just necessary it's essential if you want long-term success you made the playoffs last year you want to make it again this year you got to build the foundation it can't oh, just he, be one and doneers yes you're correct and and one more thing i'm, I'm not trying to drag this out jonah's going to yeah. join us in just a minute to me the marlins make a move and acquire jonah bride the organization got better that's you it you have to stack it. it right to me the Miami Marlins got better the other day when they traded for Jonah Bride. To me, the Miami Marlins got better this offseason when they acquired Vidal Brujan and Calvin Fauche, who has major league experience from the Tampa Bay Rays. Vidal Brujan is going to be another guy. And by the way, um, Jonah Bride doesn't like him that, you know, I'm not suggesting he has a ton of time to figure this thing out. He only has one option left. He essentially has one year to prove in the Marlins system that he's capable right? Or else he's going to be out of options. He will be if he gets optioned out of camp and he can be jostled up and down right. throughout the season. But if you take a look at the Marlins offseason, Christian Bethencourt, to me, the Miami Marlins are better at the catching position right now than they were at the end of last Not season. Not to you, to everyone. That's just a fact. Go ahead. Right. And Jonah Bride, the Miami Marlins got better the other night when they acquired him. That does not mean he's going to start the season in the big leagues, but that's that's real depth. And yep. that's that. this is also going to provide a real opportunity for a guy that is trying to rejuvenate his career or really get it going at the big league level. The same can be said for Vidal Brujan. By the way, another very under-the-radar move, the Marlins um, picking up Declan Cronin from the Chicago mm. White Sox. Has anybody watched the video on him? That's 97 to 98 with a 90-mile-an-hour slider. Okay, that's big league experience. Calvin Fauche, Rodri Munoz, who they acquired, who has yet to make his major league debut. Those are six guys right there that have made the Miami Marlins organization better. And you have to do that. And it's not going to be a year, but you have to continue to stack that type of stuff. And it's going to get them to a place where they feel really good about. So last I'm thing, done. Kyle, last thing, really quickly, last thing. And I think the beauty of all of this, right? When you are young, when you're trying to prove yourself, you have a different mindset going into an organization that just made the playoffs yes. versus a team that just had an awful year. Mm -hmm. I know it's so simple to say that, but I'm telling you, it's so profound to me. If I'm someone that is looking to prove themselves and I look around and this is no, I'm not even going to name teams, but if a team just came off 70 win, 65, win, they, they're not really in it, you're more looking at yourself and you might try to do more or whatever it may be. When you're sliding into an organization that just won 84 games, that just had the batting champ, that just had the NL manager of the year. Your your standard, I think, is lifted for a team, and I think that just betters the organization. And that's my final take on this whole thing. Yep, I think the Miami Marlins continue to get better. So here's our conversation with Jonah Bride. Okay, well, joining us now is Jonah Bride. We were just chatting about him, Stephen, to opening up the podcast, and uh, didn't see this one coming right. But the Marlins swing a deal; they acquire. Uh, Jonah from Oakland, and, and we chatted about it. Um, Jonah, thank you for joining us, um, and welcome to Miami. I'm sure that has a rather interesting ring to it, uh, but let's start a couple of days ago when you got the news that you were traded to the Miami Marlins. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, it's great to be here. Um, so, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy few days, really. Uh, I got a call probably about 7 o'clock on ooh, Monday, Tuesday night. Um, losing my days at this point. Yeah, I bet you are. But no, uh, <laughs> it's a great call um, with with the GM of the Oakland A's and saying I got traded over to Miami. And so, um, yeah, great opportunity for me and and blessed uh, for this opportunity. Jonah, what was your immediate oh, ahead, reaction? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kyle. What was your immediate reaction? Um, I mean, it was just 
happiness for sure. I I mean, it, it felt like I was being in a way drafted or making my major league debut again. Um, and so I remember getting off the phone call and kind of just sitting there like, wow, like this, this is great. And um, immediately let all my family know. And, and so phone started kind of going, going off at that point with everyone's excitement and uh, yeah, it's been great. So you played with a couple of A's that are now Marlins, correct? And AJ Puck and Jesus Lizardo. Yes. And I actually played with uh, Bethancourt as well. Um, That's right. A little bit in 2022. Uh, I got to spend that spring training with them. That's when I was actually working on catching. And so I got to spend some time with him. He's also a great guy. And, and I look forward to seeing those guys. Johnny, you've done a little bit of everything now in your baseball career, right? You've uh, tried the catching thing, which is unfathomable to me that a guy at the big league level, eh, I'm going to try a little catching. You play all around <laughs> the diamond. It seems crazy to me. Um, Steven and I were talking about it. You have an option left. I, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on the following. You you have 250 big league at-bats, and I'm sure the surface numbers may not be where you'd like them to be, uh, but the analytics would suggest that you've been a good player. Like, where do you feel like you're at in, in your big league career, and how much do you read into maybe that not the non-surface level numbers to reassure, like, oh, no, I, I was better than maybe what those numbers suggested last year? Yeah, I mean it's it's been tough for sure at times, and uh, um, you go up and and you feel like you can do better, and and so it's disappointing for sure. Um, but at the same time, trusting in the process and and knowing that um, with your course record, with the track record, that it's going to show up at some point, and uh, I'm confident that 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 time is is ready to come. And uh, it's been a great off season of work. But yeah, I mean, but definitely disappointing. Um, looking at it, knowing. I can do this, man. And so um, trusting in that process and and uh, in the work. And, and yeah, I'm excited for 2024. Jonah Bride with us now. Jonah, what does it mean that not only the Marlins traded for you, but they also traded for you and, and you're on that 40-man roster? Yeah, I mean, being on the 40-man roster is, is obviously a big deal. Um, and so, like you said, I have, have the year of options. Um, but, but really just um, keeping my – you're open to, to whatever it is that um, is going to help the team win. And so I know that uh, last year Miami had a great team. We uh, we played there in Miami last year. Um, so I got to I got to be there, and, and it was awesome. And, and I remember the arms that we faced um, and really the team, the team in general, the whole group. It's a, it's a well-put-together team. I've heard great things about um, all the coaching staff. And so, yeah, I mean, on my end, it's just a lot of excitement and ready to get over to Jupiter. Uh, Steven and I don't play for him, but you're going to love every member of this coaching staff. They they really care about people. I'm sure there are many others, but being around Skip and his yeah. staff last year, they were incredible. Um, John, obviously many people have not seen you play. Um, we're in Miami. You were all the way out there in Oakland. What kind of ball player are you, if people ask you? You know, I mean, I'd say since since high school, whatever, junior college, uh, South Carolina, it's always kind of been showing up every day at the ballpark, ready to um, – ready to win and um whatever you throw at me it's, it's gonna find a way to just be consistent and be the same guy every day um whatever position that might be just trying to be a situational hitter move a guy over um really just whatever i can do to to help that team win and um yeah i mean i'd say grinders is a good word for it never um the most flashy guy um but at the end of the day just just want to get done and, and think I was productive and, and like I said, help the team win. 
we'll loosen it up after a couple more baseball questions with you, Jonah, but uh, <laughs> Kyle had hit on just the numbers, um, the standard numbers and then the analytical numbers. And I can assume how frustrating that is. What has been your focus this off season from a hitting standpoint or even just a fielding standpoint? Yeah, I would, I would say it's definitely hitting base. And um, I think that that has come in the cage is a lot of, working on driving the ball um, to the pull side with, with backspin rather than getting around and hooking. Um, mm. So just really working on the carry of the baseball, um, finding ways to to put that all together and, and hopefully get those power numbers going a little bit. Um, like I said, never, never the craziest flashiest, but, but I can um, randomly get into a ball. You and, got some pop. <laughs> I, I'm not. Not not crazy pop, but I can still find a way to to get it done. And so, yeah, no, excited to get to Jupiter and and work with this staff as well. Um, working with with different guys, um, hearing different things that's always great. And and I'm always ears to that. So um, I got to talk to John yesterday a little bit. Um, we sent a couple texts back and forth after our phone call. And um, I also played in 2022 with with Hardy. Um, and so oh. I'm. Las Vegas. I know. Yeah, I spent some time with him in Vegas. So we talked the the night that the trade happened, and that was that was a really fun phone call. He's he's great, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good. Every, everybody says he's the mayor of Vegas. Is that true, Jonah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> how can he not be the mayor? Yeah, that guy's great. Hey, l- l- let me ask you this, and again, what well, we can lighten things up in a second. Dude, the big leagues are tough. Uh, I haven't done it, but I've just watched guys from afar and young guys come up and sometimes they can do it and sometimes they can. But after it, it always seems to me as if after some years you start to get kind of comfortable. I assume nobody's ever really comfortable unless you got 300 million in your pocket. You're not too worried, but your level of comfortability now in the big leagues, you've been up a couple of years. Do you feel like now that you've gotten your feet wet, that you are ready to take that next step in your game? Yeah, absolutely. I think that having that comfortability, like you said, is a huge thing. Um, I remember that guy that made his debut in Boston in 2022 myself, and that was definitely a really scary moment. But now (laughs) going into year three of it, um, yeah, I mean, um, show up to the park every day ready to work, um, really feeding off those veteran guys that you can and um, doing whatever whatever you can. and, And, yeah, but I think that definitely more comfortable and, um, in a way have seen a lot of different things that, that I haven't seen, hadn't seen the year before last year. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that this, this should be a great year. What do you remember from your home run against Garrett Cole? <laughs> um, it was a curveball. Um, it's the first one I'd seen from him. He had thrown some sliders to me that day and, um, yeah, I just remember obviously great, cool moment for me. Um, hitting that first one off of him. Um, but yeah, it was a curveball with a two strike count and mm. got a good swing. You are being a little humble, by the way. You hit 41 homers yeah, yeah, in the minor league, so you know, you can get into here. it. Um, as we do lighten things up a little bit, I did see an interview. You love MLB the show. Are you, are you ready for the next version to come out? Or, uh, you like the way you yes. look in the game, Jonah? I mean, you know, what, what changes <laughs> we need to make here, man? Yeah, we got to get that rating out for sure. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't. I haven't played that much lately, but yeah, in the past, I've I've played a lot, and uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it, and 
uh, this year, I feel like always the beginning of the year, I start off hot with Diamond Dynasty and and played a lot. Uh, so maybe I'll get back on that grind this year. But in the past, people have always been like, if I'm hot at the plate, they're like, I'm going to go play MLB The Show. Maybe that has to do with it. And, <laughs> and so it's always been a funny thing where like, if this game could translate into real life, that would be great at times. Hall of Famer. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, no, but I, but I played some MLB The Show. Uh, you're a Wisconsin guy. I'm going to ask this very clearly. Are you a cheesehead? I am. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you like Jordan Love? What's what's uh, uh, what's the update? Yeah, this year, beginning of the year, it was like we didn't know really what was going on and he was going to be the future. But, I mean, I think that he uh, has really turned it on. And I got to – I was in Dallas doing a lot of training stuff the last couple of months. And so – we were in the game in Dallas, and so obviously that was fun to see them beat the Cowboys. Mm. But now I think that uh, following Favre and Rodgers is tough, but he sure did a great job of it this year. Are you a college football fan, Jonah? Yeah, I like I like the Sooners. I mean, I'm, that's I cheer for them in general. Really, um, a, a Gamecock? But, Come on, really? Wow. Yeah, no, I like the. <laughs> I'll do, but that's what I'm saying. I'll go South Carolina and OU. I do think that OU's playing or South Carolina's playing OU this year, um, first year in the SEC. So that'll that'll be good to hopefully make it for that. Um, why do you wear goggles and not contacts? Wasn't goggles? That's a good Steven, one too. Are, what, what 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 do you call them? No, we'll call them Rex? goggles. We can go with goggles. Rex specs. Now, if you walk out in a pair of Rex specs, I've I've heard it all. I've heard it all. Um, but now I. It was after my freshman year of college, and I got – I think I was in a little slump and ended up going to the doctor and like, yeah, like you can't really see. Oh. And so <laughs> so I tried contacts, and they just – they really bugged me. Um, and so that summer I went with the goggles. That's what we'll go with. And that. ever since then, I've – yeah, I've never gone away from them, so I guess it's kind of turned into like a signature thing, people like to say. Well, I thought maybe ever... it was Lizardo that uh, tried to get the athletics on board years ago, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was more of a fashion statement, but uh, it's good to know now you can see better, Jonah. That's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, This it's like she laser. Nah, like this is kind of part, part of it, so. So, uh, you know, you're coming to Miami. This is paradise, okay, the 305. I know you're from Wisconsin, a cold place. I was from New Jersey, a cold place. When I came down here, I was all about the beach. I mean, are you a beach guy? What do you do in your, you know, this is this is an amazing city. What, what are you most excited for outside of baseball being here? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, when we came there last year, I think we spent a lot of time at the beach, and obviously it was awesome there in Miami. You always hear about it, and so um, – yeah, away from the field, probably find a way to hopefully spend some time at the beach and um, find different things in Miami that, I mean, go out and have some. I know I think when we came there last year, guys had like a boat tour mm. um, and we had an off day. And so guys spent that. I think there was a lot of fishing going on. Um, I personally Are you a foodie? Beach, yeah, I like, I like food. Okay. Yeah. As a Wisconsinite, I am a little worried that you might burn. Or do you tan well, Jonah? You have to be very careful out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually I moved to Oklahoma when I was okay. a third grader, so I spent okay. a lot of time in Wisconsin. But then Oklahoma's a little bit more warm. So all right, uh, listen, Jonah, 
Uh, I, I, this was rather unserious, but uh, it's great to meet you over Zoom. Um, I love the move by the Marlins to acquire you. I think uh, you're going to be great here in Miami. So thank you for the time. Uh, and goodness, it's February 8th. So we'll see you in about 10 days up in Jupiter, man. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. See you in Jupiter in, a, in about a week. Okay, good stuff, Stephen, with Jonah. Um, good conversation. I, I, I'll wrap this up really quick. Just a couple of um, household items. I just want to make yeah. sure everybody – and now there hasn't been a press release yet. I'm telling you it's coming out. The We are going to broadcast every game in spring training in some capacity, whether it's on WINZ, the MLB.com, you know, the app or, you know, whatever. And in addition, every game not televised by the Marlins or by the visiting team or vice versa that we're playing that day, we will do another video stream locked fixed camera from behind the plate. That's all we Director have access Steven. to. Right. So you will be able to watch Marlins baseball and listen to it in some capacity every day throughout the course of spring training starting on February 24th. Um, other than that, um, I know we continue to try to upgrade our, our Twitter account, our Marlins YouTube radio page. Um, please, everybody, it means the world to us. Things this yes, season. Finish please. Kyle and I, I'll, I'll take it from there. Yeah, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but we continue to try to upgrade a little bit of everything we do. Um, there's only so many of us, but we um, it means the world to us. When you follow us, like yep. it, subscribe, it only helps us out. So please continue to do that. Any parting thoughts, Stephen? Yeah, just... We're trying to do a couple of different things this year with uh, interviews, and we have the capability now to pretty much have these interviews in a dugout. We're going to have to obviously get permission from our um, excellent communications team. But I think in the spring, Kyle, we're going to try to do some interviews from the dugout and, and really enhance this thing, really try to get you to feel like you're not only at the ballpark, but you're in the dugout with these guys. We want to give you the best experience yep. possible. Of course, we want you to come out to Lone Depot Park. But if you can't, you're going to get the next best thing on Marlins Radio, 940 Wins, iHeartRadio app, all of that. But that's what we're trying to do this year, and we're going to continue to grow it and um, continue to try to give you as much access as possible. Yep. All right. Keep it locked right here all season long. That's Steven. I'm Kyle. We'll chat with you soon.